<laughs> we're back. Hello and welcome to Waffle Free Storytelling. It's Tina Constant here, and this is part one of a two-part story. <laughs> All the jibber-jabber, by the way, is at the end. You know that. So we're jumping right into this slightly wild adventure. <laughs> it's called Why We Hug Trees. Now, way back at the dawn of time, the gods were busier than ever, creating and building and shaping and forging the world along with everything in it. For a while, the work was equally divided until somebody had the bright idea to create humans. <laughs> now, these little creatures were far more complicated and intricate and delicate than anything the gods had ever created. They had more moving parts, were more unpredictable, and despite their size, they somehow managed to create their own brand of chaos without the gods even trying. As a result, more and more of the gods' attention turned to these little creatures. And this suited everyone except Hades, the god of the underworld. <laughs> He wasn't particularly bothered with the creation of things up top. He had all he needed down below. In fact, as far as he was concerned, he had done his bit. And he was determined to turn his attention to eating and sleeping and living well. The problem was that his lifestyle was severely compromised because the gods in the light paid so much attention to the humans that they stopped focusing on the rest of creation and the food that graced Hades' table became sparse and dull. This inconvenience <laughs> was too much for Hades to bear. So, sitting with his feet by the fire, a brandy warming in his hand and his favorite companion peeling grapes by his side, Hades thought and pondered. Zibidi, Hades said to the tiny minor godling by his side, the only one able to endure Hades' moods and tempers. I need ideas. So as Zibidi peeled grapes, he came up with strategies and cunning plans that would give the god of the underworld what he wanted. But all of his plans included either murderous destruction or the mysterious disappearance of the humans. No, no, Hades boomed. If they die or disappear without reason, the gods will search both for them and the culprit. I won't hear the end of it. Hmm, Zibidi finally said. What if they disappeared with good reason? <laughs> Hades was interested. You could take them, Zibidi said, and leave a note. The note could say, thanks for creation, we've gone to explore. Well, <laughs> Hades laughed so loud he almost fell out of his chair. <laughs> the gods will think they had succeeded in creating independent thinkers. <laughs> they will go out of their way to create the most perfect earth to make sure these little humans had plenty to see and do. Genius, Zippity, you're a genius. 
<laughs> and so, in the dead of night, Hades' favourite time, he snuck to the surface of the world, went to the workshop where the humans were being built, and put every single one of them in a bag. With the bag on his back, he snuck back down to the underworld, giggling and laughing, <laughs> and wondering which of the gods would find the notes and what they would do. Now, the plan would have been perfect, except for one thing. The humans were noisy. The humans were jumpy. They wriggled and shouted and yelled and kicked. Hades could hide them well enough, but how could he shut them up? Again, <laughs> Zibidi had an idea. He handed Hades the pile of grape skins that had been growing around his feet. Wrap each human in a bubble, Zibidi said. Wrap them tight. That'll keep them still and quiet. And that's exactly what Hades did. <laughs> he wrapped each human in a bubble of grape skin and put them in a wooden trunk that he put by the fire and decided to use as a footrest. Well, no sooner was the job done than Zeus himself stormed into the underworld searching for his humans. I can feel them, he wailed, falling into a chair beside the fire and putting his giant feet on the very same wooden chest. I can feel that they're close. Have you seen them? Zeus looked so miserable that it was almost impossible for Hades to keep a straight face. <laughs> they're about this high, Zeus said. Noisy little things, but special, so special. Hades handed Zeus a cup of tea and Zebedee peeled grapes, one for Hades, one for Zeus. And after a full day of complaining, Zeus finally left the underworld, declaring that he would do nothing, nothing, until his beautiful humans were found. Well, that wasn't the outcome that Hades expected. He was about to turn on Zebedee and toss him into the fire for having so many bad ideas, when Zebedee had another one. <laughs> Put the humans where Zeus can find them, but not see them. Give them to Zeus as a gift. Now, this time, Hades paused and thought. Because here's the thing you might not know about the god of the underworld. His realm might be the afterlife, but for that to exist, life has to thrive. As a result, he had a keen interest and passion for all things that grew. Flowers and shrubs, weeds and trees. He had a way with things that had roots that burrowed deep into his soil. Picking a particularly dark and stormy night, <laughs> he took that trunk of humans, each one wrapped in discarded grape skins, and he dug holes in the earth above his domain. In each hole, he put a tiny human. 
He dug and planted hundreds and then thousands right through the valley and up the hillsides. When he was done, he went back to his realm and he lit a fire to warm the earth. As the soil around each human heated, they felt safe and they felt comfortable. And when they felt safe and warm enough, the humans began to stretch and reach and clamber and climb through the soil. And as they did, they grabbed handfuls of sticks and twigs, so much so that by the time they reached the surface, they were coated in hard, dark mud and bark. The humans kept on stretching, trying to free themselves from the crusty coating. But as the sun rose on them, the mud and wood hardened. The only place that humans could see out of their prison was through small fresh green shoots at the tip of their branches. In an attempt to escape, they pushed in a million billion ways, sprouting green shoots in a million billion directions. In a frenzy and a panic, they reached out, sprouted up and grew high. Way up in the sky, Zeus watched in amazement. He had never seen anything like it. He watched as the valley below erupted in every shade of green. Hades, he boomed. What is this glorious thing you have created? And Hades smiled. It's a gift, brother. To help you get over your loss, I call it a forest. <laughs> well, Zeus rushed down to see it and feel it and touch it and hear it. Does your forest speak? Zeus said. I can hear whispers. Well, <laughs> for a moment, Hades grew worried. Speak? No, he said, <laughs> hearing the voices of the trapped humans in the bark. It's just the wind rustling in the leaves. Zeus walked through the forest, touching every tree, listening to the whispers that came from the leaves. He had no idea why, but he felt calm and happy in this place. So much so that he wrapped his broad arms around the biggest trunk and felt a warm pulse of life, like the tree was trying to reach out and connect with him. I have never received a more thoughtful gift, he said to Hades. What? Can I give you in return? Hades pretended to think for a moment. <laughs> and then he said, I need nothing at all. But your humans are roaming the world and will need to be fed. If this forest could always be full of deer and boar and wild geese and chickens, they are bound to find it and come home again. <laughs> Zeus almost cried. He was so happy. <laughs> and without losing a moment, he returned to his workshop and filled the world with everything his humans needed to thrive and ultimately find their way back home. 
and this suited Hades perfectly. <laughs> Zeus made more humans, of course he did. But he was also careful to fill the forest with more food than they would ever need. <laughs> the food, of course, was devoured by Hades, who said the humans must have come through in the night and eaten it themselves, <laughs> which delighted Zeus no end and encouraged him to make more. So you see, this explains why, to this day, forests are always so full of life. It also explains why humans, inspired by Zeus, like to hug trees. <laughs> so, <laughs> the next time you're in a forest, take a moment to think about what's around you. Every tree you see is actually one of those original humans kidnapped by Hades. Their roots are connected and intertwined, passing information and stories to each other. The whispers you hear as the leaves rustle in the wind is them calling for help. <laughs> so when you come to a tree and you feel the need to hug it, don't hesitate. Wrap your arms around the trunks, squeeze it, and whisper back. <laughs> it gives them hope that one day they will be free. <laughs> Katie's ah, getting weirder and wilder. Ah, that's it from Waffle Free Storytelling today, part two to the story. What happened to Zippity? Uh, oh my goodness, my goodness, I have a space full of dogs wanting to do things. <laughs> Alright, have a splendid day. Hug the people you love, and uh, I will see you next week for more weird, wild, wonderful tales from the Waffle Free Universe. <laughs> oh, drop round to www.tinaconstant.com for this episode and every episode and every other podcast too. Alright. Have a good one. <laughs> bye bye now.